Welcome to the home of the blessed people, and here is our host pastor, Pastor Dayo Adeyemo. This will bring us to the grand finale of the seven fundamental principles of spiritual growth that we have been sharing. In the beginning of this study, in the beginning of this message, in the beginning of this series, we shared seven principles. I listed seven principles that when we give ourselves to these principles, we will see that the tangent of our growth will be constant and consistent, will be growing, which is the will of God for our lives. God wants his children to grow, every one of us to grow more and more, to be conformed to his image and his likeness. We listed the seven. We said the first one was to learn to forget. When we learn to forget, we will keep on growing. Learn to forgive was the second one. The third one was to learn to pray. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. Men ought always to pray and not to give up. Men ought always to pray and not to cave in. Like the times we are in is already telling us, if saints are needed to pray like never, it is now. Every child of God is called to prayer. Prayer is not the ministry of some set of people. Prayer is the ministry of every individual who is called of God. If Jesus had to pray, who are us not to pray? If the son of a living God, the creator of the whole universe, came to this universe in human flesh and still had to connect with the heavens, who are us, who are us not to be prayerful? Who are us, who are us not to give ourselves to prayer? Number four, we learned to believe. We say we have to learn to believe if we want to grow. We have to work on our belief system. Our belief system must be in line with the principles and the word of God. Last week also we took in the second service, we had to learn to worship. How many people enjoyed that session, learn to worship? Praise God. Comments from all over the world. God bless those who watch online. They were communicating. They were saying, look, that's the best message they've ever heard this year. They want to go deeper in the things of God. They want to learn more. They want to worship God more. They want to sort out things in their lives. Knowing that worship just has a phenomenal way of making us grow and become what God wants us to be. Today, we are going to go on to learn to give and learn to witness. Learn to give and learn to witness. To, to be able to grow, participate. Our sixth step in the spiritual development we have been learning is to learn the secret of giving. We must learn to give. There is something about giving that is not ordinary. There is something about giving that is spiritual that we ought to know. The church needs a general overall in this subject to keep us from be becoming unbalanced. Because I must confess to you in the body of Christ, over the few, past few years, there had been a certain unbalance in giving. It had made even a set of Christians to hate the word prosperity. As if prosperity is not from God. It is from God. Praise God. But because of the abuse, because of the imbalance, so to speak, it has created a lot of ruffle in the realm of the spirit. It has created a lot, a lot of ruffle even amongst believers in God. But giving is a principle that you as a child of God should know. Giving is spiritual. Giving, by learning the secret of giving, you open up channels of blessings. You open up channels of intervention of God with your life. 
giving has always been a channel of supernatural encounter. It's a channel of getting God involved in your life in a very unusual way. It leads to you being spiritually developed. Hallelujah. There are different extremes in giving. There is one extreme. They only give because they feel it's their duty or obligation, which of course it is. Believers feel, oh, it's their duty and obligation, and that's why they just give. They give because it's their duty and obligation. Yes, it is, but that's not. But because that's not the only reason why you give to the kingdom. They miss the blessing of giving, and they miss the blessing of what giving can do and be in their lives. Secondly, there's another extreme. You should give to the Lord because, uh, because when you give, you will get back. When you give, you get back. That is selfish. That is another extreme. Praise God. Why should you give? Why should you be a giver? You should give to the Lord because you love him and you adore him. That should be our first and primary reason why we give. We are not giving to get, even though we will get by giving. That should not be our primary purpose of giving. Our primary purpose of giving should be because we love the Lord, because we adore him. You need to add faith to your giving as well. Tell the Lord you are mixing faith with your giving. Remind him of the scripture. Luke 6, 38 says something. It said, give, and it shall be given unto you. Good pleasure, pressed down, shaking together, and running over shall men give unto your bosom. On the other hand, you can go the other extreme. You can also give selfishly just to get returns. Because when you give, you are going to get back. But listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. When you give, you will get back. But what I'm emphasizing this morning is that let it not be your motive for giving. Let it not be because you want to get back. It becomes wrong. And no wonder so many people are not blessed when they even give. Don't get me wrong today. Let me bring a balance to it. When you give, the word of God says it will be given back to you. You will receive when you give. But I'm saying don't let that be your motive of giving. Let your motive be because you love him. The motive is all wrong. It's selfish. And that's what makes a lot of people not receive because it's not based on the word of God. Praise God. You can do the right thing with the wrong motives and still it will not work. You won't have the right results. Right thing, wrong motive. Right thing, wrong motive. Right thing, wrong motive. When the motive is wrong, according to God, every other thing about it is wrong. He says, do not talk exceedingly proud, because out of God, all spirits are weighed. In other translations, says, all actions are weighed. God weighs motives. And sometimes this is what has distorted our giving. 
has distorted the results we should have as believers in giving. Because God is not a man that will lie. He's not the son of man that will repent. As he said it, will he not do it? As he spoken, will he not bring it to pass? God is committed to his word. But how come believers are not experiencing the increase? How come they are not experiencing the reward they ought to have by obeying these principles of giving? Simply because the motives in most cases are wrong. Praise God. You've got to examine your motive every time for giving and keep your motives right. Again, I repeat that. Examine your motive. Every time you are to give, examine your motive and make sure that those motives are right. You can do the right thing with the wrong motive and it won't work. Certainly, I expect God to keep his word every time I give. And he will if I fulfill my part of the obligation. Praise God. But, you know, like somebody some time ago, a man of God was giving an... Uh, a testimony or was just sharing an experience that he gave away his automobile car and he experienced the visitation of God. God replaced that car supernaturally for him. Now, somebody hears that. The next thing, he wants to give away his own car. His own car was rickety anyway. He wants to quickly give it, his own car away so that he can experience what the man of God, I mean, shared. Praise God, what the preacher shared. And uh, listen to me, <laughs> while it is a good experience, but you see, the preacher acted on the word of God. That person who wants to give because of the experience of the preacher, he wants to give because of the experience of the preacher. What is the motive? The motive is just to have uh, another car. So he's now giving based on the experience. Now, see, the preacher, the preacher based his own giving on the word. The person hearing the story is basing it on the experience. Let me ask you the question. Is it going to work? No. Because you'll be blessed by acting on the word of God, not on people's experience. Hello. Check the motive. Then because he obeyed God, he acted on the word of God, then I too should obey God and act on the word of God. Then of a necessity, I will be blessed if I act on the word of God. We all need a balance in this area of giving. If we will keep our motives pure, if we keep our motives right, then according to the word of God, we will have what the word of God promises. We must base it on the word and the spirit of God's leading based on the word. Do not, I repeat, do not, if you are not led. Do not if you are not acting on the world. Do not, if your motives are not right. Praise the Lord. We will be blessed in our own lives. We will grow in our Christian work as we continue in the attitude of giving. 
Giving is good. Giving is great. Giving is ways you open channels of God to reach unto you. That's why he said, give, and it shall be what? Given unto you. It is God's system. It is God's way of creating avenues to reach to you. God wanted to reach man. He himself had to do what? He had to give. The Bible says God wanted to save the human race. And what did he do? He so much loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So you, giving opens up channels for God to reach to you. The question is, how many channels have you opened up lately? Praise God. How many channels have you opened up lately? God is faithful. He will fulfill his word. But you have to give. The next question is, what can I give? What can I give? Quickly this morning, you can give, number one, your talent. Your talent can be given. You are good in this area. You are good in that area. You are good here. You are good there. You can give your talent. You can make your talent a channel of blessing. Praise God. Number two, what can I give? I can give my time. My time. Time is the currency of the 21st century. You can give your time. Time to the service of God. Time to the service of humanity. Time to the service of others. Time to help other people out of one issue or the other. You can give your time. You can give your talent. You can give your time. The last T is you can give your treasure. You can give your treasure. You can give your treasure. That's monetary value. You can give your treasure. Praise God. Because every giving is a seed. Amen? And seed, according to the law of harvest, will come forth. It will bring forth harvest. Praise God. At the appointed time. You know, it's like a seed. Amen? Seed, if you, if you, thank God we live in a farming environment. It's not too far. Farms are not too far from here. When seeds are planted, they, it's not just seeds being planted. They have to be planted right. They have to be planted appropriately. They must be planted in its right season. There are a lot of laws that govern seed time. And that is where we as believers are not taking our time. It's not just planting the seed. It's my motive right. Am I planting with the right motives? Because if I don't have the right motives, I will not get the right results. Am I planting what is acceptable? I just told you things that could be planted. Your time, your talent, and your treasure. These three must be constant and consistent in your life that you are planting. You are sowing into other people's lives. Praise God. And somebody is saying, why other people? Because that's how God is going to judge you. At the end of the day is how you have treated others. At the end of the day is how you have treated others. How you have treated his kingdom and how you have treated others. Look at the Ten Commandments. Six out of the Ten Commandments deals with how you deal with other people. Only four talks about dealing with God. So everything about life is round about the kingdom of God and man. The kingdom of God and man. The kingdom of God and men. How you treat others? How is he going to judge us on the last day? How is he going to say well done or you are a bad person? It's based on relationship with others. He told a group of people, he said, when I was in the hospital, you did not visit me. When I was hungry, you didn't come to feed me. Now you say you know me. He said, I don't know you. 
You are workers of iniquity. Why were those people judged? They were judged. They received a negative judgment simply because they didn't treat people right. Are you sure you are treating people right? Are you sure you have room in your budget to take care of people? Even if your budget is that low, even if your budget is not buoyant, have you kept in your budget at least something for humanity? Something for the neighbor, something for somebody in trouble sometime. When you don't have such rooms, you are not creating channels for yourself because in time of trouble, you too, things will just be tight as it's as tight in your budget. Because you didn't give God opportunity to minister to you through the channels of giving. Praise God. So your own hour of need, when you want things to happen too, be ready to sow into other people's hour of need. I hope I've communicated to you today. Praise God. So giving is a must. Giving is, you are creating channels. Don't forget that. It's channels of opportunity you are bringing into your life to move up, to grow, to be what God wants you to be. Hallelujah. Amen. The, the last one, last but, not to, last but not the least, is to learn to be a witness. Be a witness. If you are going to grow and develop supernaturally, spiritually, you must be a witness. Heaven demands this. Heaven requires this of you, that you be a witness. You be a witness for the kingdom. Praise God. Spiritual development, again, the seventh step, the final one I'm sharing, in these steps to spiritual development is to be a witness for the Lord. I want to ask you that question. Are you a witness for the Lord? Many believers are out there today and are not being a witness for the Lord simply because you have not learned how to be a witness. You learn it. You learn to be a witness. Praise God. How do I learn to be a, a witness? Jesus stated that believers were to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost so that they can be a witness for him. The reason why you have the Holy Spirit, the evidence of speaking with new tongues, the only reason why you have that deposit as a guarantee of his coming back for you is for you to be a witness. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Can you put it on the screen for the people of God? Praise God. Learning to be a witness. Ha <laughs> But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me. Ye shall be what? Witnesses unto me. Ye shall be what? Witnesses unto your brother, unto your sister. No, you will be my witness. You will be my witness. You will witness of me to your world. That's why you have the Holy Ghost. That's why you have Jesus on the inside of you. That's why you haven't gone to heaven the moment you gave your life to Christ. Is to stay here and be a witness. Now, the reason many Christians are not even in shape when it comes to character is because they are not a witness. If you have been witnessing to other people, you will behave yourself. How many people know parents? Even when parents are not going to do good, when parents are going to do something silly or something uh, bad, so to speak. Maybe they want to exhibit a bad habit. Do you know they don't do it in front of their children? Why? Why don't they do it in front of their children? 
because they'll be, they're going to pick it up. They'll be a bad example. And they don't want that. They don't want their children to be bad. Even when they choose to be, they don't want their children to be bad. Praise God. So the same way, when you have spiritual children, you will behave yourself. Because there are some things you cannot afford them doing because you are leading them in the way of destruction. So most people are not given to spiritual growth. They are not developing their spiritual life because they are not giving birth to others. They are not witnesses. They have not been sharing the gospel. If there's anything that is a pandemic, so to speak, in the body of Christ today, is being a witness. We hardly share the gospel. The gospel is no longer being shared. In fact, everybody, every other person in their stupidity are coming out of their closet. These are the days that people are marrying their trees. Did you read that in the news? Somebody got married to his tree. Did you read that? It's stupidity of the first order. People are disturbed out there. And people are coming out of their closet. They are coming out of their closet every time. And believers are going back into the closet, closing it very tight. So they are not showing the world the gospel. They are not preaching the gospel. They are not proud. Look at people who are doing inappropriate things. What the Bible says is against nature. They are so proud to come out. They call it pride parade. Coming out. And we, believers, we are not proud of our God. There's something wrong. Are you listening to what I'm saying? There is something wrong. We should come out. We should identify with Christ. We should share the gospel. We should be bold to share the gospel. We should tell of the Lord everywhere. And do you know some believers, even your neighbor doesn't know you're a Christian. Your neighbor doesn't know. How can you be a Christian and your light hasn't shined that well? Praise God. Oh, it's getting quiet on me. I know I'm preaching good now. Praise God. Listen to this. God pays more attention on you when you preach the gospel. God pays more attention on you when you develop yourself in being a witness. Because you become a creation of value to God. Because that's, do, we, do I have a witness there? Do I have a witness there? Heaven is asking, in this neighborhood, who is my witness? Even when the devil wants to take you out, the Lord will say, no, it can't happen. Why? He's my witness. She's my witness in that neighborhood. If, if, if he's not there, if she's not there, who will I depend on there? Praise God. You enjoy unusual protection. Praise God. Lord, send laborers in the name of Jesus. Lord, send laborers to our world in the name of Jesus. But as you are praying that prayer, you are going to say, Lord, say it after me. Lord, use me to be a witness to somebody today. Lead me to that person that needs salvation. I am convinced that the greatest witness you can ever be to your world is to live a life sold out to the Lord. Sold out. I believe in personally witnessing to people. We should witness 
as the need arises. I don't believe also in shoving the gospel down people's throat. I don't believe in that. But I believe that as the need arises, you should preach. And I believe in every 24 hours, a need will arise for you to share the gospel in one way or the other to somebody. I don't think we should go around, like I said, trying to shove the gospel down people's throat. Although if you do it, it's still a positive one. <laughs> I think we should be led by the Spirit of God. When we witness to other people, we should be led by the Spirit of God. I remember a great man of God that I love very much. If you have been listening to me, there's no way within a month I will not mention his name. He's that great man of God called Smith Wigglesworth. I remember as a local plumber in his days, he's a plumber by trade. He will go to the corner of streets in his lunchtime. And he's going to say, Holy Spirit, just lead me to that person that needs you. Lead me to that person that is right for salvation now. And he's going to be quiet in his spirit there, and he'll just be watching at the corner of the street until somebody shows up and there's a prompting in his spirit. He will just go after the person. And immediately, at the end of the day, he will get people saved. He will win at least one soul for the Lord. Praise God. What a great man. He's a great man of God indeed. Do you think heaven will not give any attention whatsoever to such a person like that? He will always get heaven's attention. The Lord knows who is open to the gospel and who isn't. So when you ask the Holy Spirit to lead you to the person that needs salvation, he will lead you. When somebody is not yet ready, he will tell you, this one is not ready. Just pray for him to be more open, and so on and so forth. I believe the greatest witnessing tool is really a life lived for the Lord. When your character shows forth the goodness of God, it's one of the greatest weapons you can use to witness. In my lifetime, I've experienced this over and over again. Let me start with when I was in high school, because that was when I encountered the Lord Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. I have a daughter in my house now who happens to be the first daughter of this gentleman I'm talking about. He came from another faith. He comes from a Muslim faith. But in the high school I went to, in a way, when you are a senior, uh, you are giving somebody a year younger than you to serve you. To serve, that means just to attend to you. And this lad, this young man was the person that was given to me to serve me. I was in my fourth year uh, in my high school then. Um, we do five years then, not six years like you do now in high school. Uh, I don't even know. Praise God. And um, I was in my fourth year. He was in his third year. And after serving me for a while, he came to me. I can never forget. It was like June like this. Uh, June, just before we went on the long vacation, he came to my, the side of my bed about 11 p.m. He said, I should pray for him. He wants to be a Christian. And I asked, I said, why? Why would you want to be a Christian? He said, I've observed your life. I want what you want, what you have. I want what you have. 
that day tears dropped down my eyes. I never knew that really you can live your life in such a way that people will be attracted to that. That was in my high school. The second experience, again, this was in my, in my college days when I was in the poly. And something happened again. A young man walked to me. He was my roommate. This guy was years older than me. He would be 10 years older than me. He came to me in the middle of the night again. I wonder why they always come in the middle of the night. Hallelujah. Nicodemus too went to Jesus. Nicodemusly in the middle of the night. He came in the middle of the night. His, his own was really in the middle. It was about 2 a.m. He woke me up. He said, young man, I've observed your life for a while. He said, I want to be a Christian. Pray for me. I said, are you sure? <laughs> he said, yes, I want to be. And I never witnessed once to him. I let my life witness to him. Anything he needed, I was always there for him. Anything he wanted, I was always there for him. I would buy him food sometimes. I would just, I was just being like Jesus to him. Praise God. And glory be to God. He's still a believer today. I believe he's also a man of God today. And ever since, he has connected to Jesus as his personal Lord and Savior. What I'm saying is on your campuses, in your places of work, you can be that witness. You can live that life that will be attracting to Jesus, that will attract the world to the Jesus living on the inside of you. Praise God. I say praise God. Let's celebrate Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening. We hope you have been blessed by the word today. Please join our services live every Sunday, 9 a.m. and 1045 a.m. and Bible study every Friday, 7 p.m. at 95 Church Street, St. Catharines. We hope you have a wonderful week ahead and God bless you.